First of all, um, good evening, first of all. How are you? How's your life in pandemic and quarantine? Do you have any experience to tell about your life and in pandemic and quarantine? Are we, are we, have we started? Are we, did you start recording already? Yes, yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, um, I'm doing fine. We're not in lockdown anymore. And I, the pandemic has been tough for everybody, but I've tried to make the best of it. I worked from home and went into the courtroom when I needed to, but it was not a bad thing being at home because I have a six father here and I was able to watch my children while they were on a computer going to school and I was on the computer working. So it worked out fine. Um, for you um, to say this once, um Do you approving about vaccination? Did you vaccinate? My whole family is vaccinated and we also have the booster. So we're all vaccinated. We're still wearing masks, even though they've taken away the mandate. We're still wearing masks because the numbers are still high over here. So we're still being careful in every way. And we're very careful at work. At work, we all have to wear masks and We're just doing the best we can. I think like the rest of the world, everyone has felt locked in, but working together, we're going to get through the pandemic and get past it just like they have a hundred years ago and a hundred years before that. I suspect a hundred years from now, they'll be looking at what we did or didn't do. For me, um, I want to say this once. Um, for me, I'm also vaccinated too. It's something you didn't know. Um, I am vaccinated too, so thank you. Um, I have vaccinated last January 7 and I got second vaccinated last February 4. I bought Moderna. What about you? What about the what's the brand of the vaccination? Uh, I had the Moderna. I had Moderna as well. Wow. Um, there's a bonus question. Um, what have? What is the reaction about the war in Ukraine and? Why, how do you feel? War in Ukraine is horrible. Um, the taking over of Ukraine is, um, it's, it's horrifying. It's reliving what happened in Germany in World War II. And we have someone who is very greedy and is not thinking of anybody in terms of being humans, he just wants what he wants. And here in America, I think we are all grieving for the people in Ukraine and hoping that they can evacuate quick enough so that we don't have to see more blood spent. Um, it, it's horrifying. What we've seen here is, is horrifying. I served in the military and I want to put my uniform on and go fight. That's not realistic, but I want to help the wrong that's being done. And I think most Americans agree we want to help. There's very little we can do at this point. I hope that President Vladimir Putin are going to resign. Uh, 22 years is enough because how many times has he got 
I have bad, bad things in Russia, assassinations, um, jail, and political prisoners, and journalists, and anything. I'm really shocked. I'm, I'm sad. That's my reaction. Well, but he's an illegitimate leader. He isn't going to step down because he wants all the power and control over as much of the world as he can have. So he's not going to step down. That's a, a wonderful thought, but people like that don't step down. Uh, unless his people take him out uh, and, and force him out, then he will stay and do as much destruction as he wants to because there are no rules, there are no ethics, there are no morals. He's following what he wants to do, not any law. And he has a group of people who are doing the same. So when you have someone like that, an illegitimate leader who takes instead of has the will of the people, uh, there's no good to come of it. He does not want democracy. He does not want the people to speak. He only wants to speak. And he's causing innocent people to die. Um, that's a that's a good that's a good answer for that. I'm approved to you. I'm support. I support to you to your answer. And for you, um, your birthday is only one month away, April twenty five. Also, this is my grandpa's birthday. Um, my grandpa. Oh. What? What do you say? I said, oh. Well, let's tell your grandfather happy birthday from me. Um, the sad list, the sad was my grandpa was passed away on 2018. Um, um, oh, I'm sorry. I lost my grandfather too, and he was the greatest man in my life. So I understand the loss. I'm sorry. Um, he will be alive. He will be 85 years old. And my grandpa, there are similarities to you and my grandpa. He was a Philippine National Police for 30 years. And for you, you are a Michigan National Army, but we're gonna talk about this later for that. But about this second question, you were born in Germany in 1958 during that time. It was West Germany, and you and your family moved to U.S. in 1959. And you are naturalized U.S. citizen at age of 12. Can you tell me a story of how your life as a journey girl and daughter to the family, and do you have any early memories in Germany and in early years in U.S.? Well, when I came over, I was just uh, not quite two years old, so I don't have really any memories in Germany. Uh, My memories are in the United States, but we have family in Germany and Malta. I have uh, my father's Maltese and my mother's German, and we emigrated so that my brother and my mother and I could live with my grandparents who had emigrated from Malta to Detroit, Michigan. And my father had joined the... U.S. Army after emigrating, served, and then he went to medical school on the GI Bill and met my mother, and then they got married and had two babies. And so when he was going to medical school, it was very difficult for him to study with two crying babies. So we left, and at that time, my baby passport and my brother's passport, uh, they both say um, stateless. 
because Germany only recognized the citizenship of the father, and my father was a U.S. citizen at that time, but he had not been a citizen for 10 years, and the United States at that time only allowed citizens to pass on their citizenship to their to their children if they had been a citizen for 10 years. My father had not been a citizen for 10 years. So my brother and I had no citizenship until we were naturalized in the United States. The laws have since changed, but, you know, it's a, really a proud moment when you are naturalized at any age and to me America was always a good place my grandparents and their children my dad and, and his four siblings there are five of them they emigrated and my grandparents always said there's no place like America and that we would have all the opportunity we needed to here and that has been true so I have uh, become a lawyer a judge, I was a radio host, I'm an author, I had a law firm, I did lobbying, I worked in the legislature for 10 years. There, there's so many things that I have done in my life because America says you can do whatever you want to do as long as it's lawful. And so I've taken advantage of the Constitution that gives us a voice and it hasn't always been easy because girls are not listened to. In, in many countries, and even in the United States, it's getting much better, but I've had to fight to earn everything that I've achieved. It has not been easy from the time I was a girl until now. Um, I did approve your question and answer. Um, for me, um, I was here in the Philippines. I've been birthed here in the Philippines on 1998. I'm now turned 24 in July 8. Um, my auntie is already had a petition in the United States. I've been living here in the Philippines for this whole time for last two decades. And my dream is going to the United States. I wanted to have a new wife. And I wanted, all I want to focus is, is continue my, my, my education at college. My high school, my, I am a high school graduate, um, and I'm a high school graduate. I never been studied for seven years, and I'm, I'm because I'm being bullied, I'm being abused, I'm been, I've been struggled um, many times. Um, when one time when I was in a school in elementary, some of you didn't know that. Um, when they taunting me, I'm punching girls and boys. I was very sad and very sad. I was struggled. And my 10 year old and my 10 years with my stepfather was abusing me. Sorry, but the So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm sorry you had to go through all that. I hope that you do make it to America. We do have a lot of opportunities and Truly, if you have your education, you should apply to come and even to go to school. Uh, there's a lot of educational opportunities here for you. So um, I, if you, you want a life in America, I think that you should try, try to get one. And one of the ways to do that is to come here to school, to go to college. 
and to make a better life for yourself. No one deserves to be bullied or treated poorly. And I'm sorry all that happened to you, but you seem like a very strong young man who will make it in this world. And, you know, just by doing this podcast and putting yourself out there is so important because you're using your voice and telling people about yourself. And I think that's really important. Um, here's a third question you had um, about your college years. Um, in your college years, you're in Michigan State University and graduate and earn English and journalism degree. What is your favorite happy college experience and memories? My, one of my favorite, I loved being in college. I, I loved being an English major and I always wanted to be a writer. I ended up going to law school because my father didn't think that being a writer was something that I could succeed at. And so I said, okay, I'll, I'll be a lawyer because he's a doctor and doctors don't like lawyers. But ultimately my career has been very good because I, I became a lawyer, but in, in college. One thing that I was really proud of, I was an English major and journalism minor. And one of my professors gave me, I don't remember what grade it was, it was like a B plus on uh, an article I had written and I had worked really hard on it and I couldn't understand why I got the grade I got. It's not, it wasn't a bad grade, but I knew it deserved better. So the professor said, if you get it published, you'll get an A plus. So I got it published. I sent it to the newspaper and they immediately published it. And that was a really validating moment for me that when someone tells me I'm not good enough that I will show them, you know, just watch me. I will succeed. I am better than what you think and I'll prove it to you. And all I had to do was take that one step further and take my article and send it to the newspaper editor and they immediately printed it. And that moment of success really showed me that if you believe in something, take the extra steps and show people that you, that you can do it and what you're made of. You know, just watch me has always been my motto. Um, um, did you know about uh, um, when you were in college in 1979 um, in Michigan State, did you know about uh, when you were in college, did you know about the basketball game between Magic Johnson and Larry Bird? Michigan State and Indiana State. Did you watch that game? I, you know, I know about Magic Johnson. I don't know about all of the games that I have watched in my life, but because I, I'm not a huge sports um, person that where I would catalog that. But I do know Magic Johnson. When I worked in the legislature, he was friends with one of the senators who I was friends with, and so Magic Johnson would come in and out of uh, our offices and he's a very very nice guy and um so i i don't i think of him i know he's a star i know all the things that he's done but i really think of him as just a very good human being with a great sense of humor so here's the here's a, another one um you protecting the true and honest you start at thomas and cooley law school now called Western Michigan University Cowley Law School in Lansing, Michigan in 1984. Why you decided to dream and go being an attorney? 
you know, it wasn't my dream to be an attorney. It was my dream to be a writer. And my father said, um, how are you going to support yourself? Because many writers don't support themselves. And I was very mad that he thought I couldn't pursue my dream. So I said, fine, I'll be a lawyer. And I went to Cooley Law School at the time because it was in Lansing where in the same place it, you know, down the road really a few miles from where Michigan State was and I loved going to Michigan State so I stayed in Lansing and then I went to law school and after law school I worked for a state senator for 10 years and I did that because I wanted to learn how laws were made because law school teaches you how to think and teach, teaches you about the laws and how they're applied but I thought to myself, I need to know more. I need to know how the laws are made. So I worked for a state senator for about 10 years and really rounded out my legal career that way in terms of a foundation of knowledge. And I practiced law. He was also an attorney. And so we practiced law together and independently. And then when I left his, um, he actually retired and I left the legislature. I opened up a law firm and did a lot of uh, child abuse. It's the class, family law, probate court. Uh, I was in there all the time uh, handling matters. And I did some criminal and civil cases as well. So I built my practice and eventually it grew and I had several attorneys who worked for me. And then I decided after being an attorney for about 20 years that I wanted to be a judge and I ran. And... Um, I was a district court judge. I beat out nine. And then after that, there was an opening in circuit court. And I ran for that. I beat out four. There were four of us running and won that. A district judge handles misdemeanors, which are offenses jailable for about a year or up to a year. And cases in controversy under $25,000 in circuit court. I handled the felonies, and then um, when I was doing civil cases, it would be cases over $25,000, and then when we were court of claims, it was any case that was against the state where somebody would be suing the state. Court of claims was taken away from us, and a few years ago, I gave up my civil docket to another judge who only has civil cases, and so now I only have criminal cases. So primarily what I hear all day are, are felonies, and uh, I enjoy the work, but I also was a military judge for 20 years. I became the first female JAG officer in the history of the Michigan Army National Guard, and that was something I wanted to do because when I was a little kid, I grew up, I saw my father in his Army uniform, and in my uncle in his Navy uniform, and I just thought, this is what I need to do. So I also served for 20 years in the Michigan Army National Guard, became the first female JAG officer in the history of the Michigan Army National Guard. So by the time I became a civilian judge, I had a lot of experience, but I have to say that what I went to college for, to write books, I started writing because what I do as, as a lawyer, as a judge, is stressful. And one of the things that I do to de-stress myself, which I think everyone needs to do, you probably play basketball to de-stress yourself, I like to write novels. So I have three fiction novels that are published, uh, Feel No Evil, Triple Cross Killer, and All Rise. And then I also have my memoir, Just Watch Me, that uh, was released last year. 
So I do a lot of things, and my law degree has opened up a lot of doors for me, especially because I'm a woman, and that would not have been opened if I wasn't um, a lawyer. So women have harder times, like I said, uh, and the more you speak out and don't back down, the more you can accomplish for yourself and for others. So that's also one of the reasons I like being a judge and a lawyer, because as a judge and as a lawyer, we are the voice of the voiceless, those in our community who need a voice and don't have one, and who need justice. And both sides deserve justice when there's an issue. That's your, um, being um, attorney, your attorney life was very achieved to you. I I was very approve your answer, and you did what you brave as a girl and women um, for more than 20 years. Um, for here's uh, another one bonus question: um, Why is that your mission and your vision as an attorney to you? What is my? I'm sorry. What is my mission as an attorney? Your mission and your vision as an attorney. Oh, my mission. Well, my mission and my vision, both as an attorney and as a judge, is to be a voice for the voiceless. So those people who don't have a voice, who are being harmed in some way, who need someone to be their spokesperson for whatever they're going through, uh, I'm the voice, and I think I'm pretty good at it. I am able to listen to people and listen to the backstories and figure out what is the best way I can help them. So being a lawyer, being a judge is part of public service and making sure that people are treated properly and that our laws are upheld appropriately. Um, you say you say it that you you are serving um, Michigan um, Army National Guard for long time, and then you become a first female member, right? I became. I served for twenty years. I retired. I'm, I'm retired now, but I served for twenty years, and I became the first female JAG officer in the history of the Michigan Army National Guard. As JAG officer is an attorney for the Army, the National Guard, and I served as defense counsel, prosecutor, and judge, depending on what they needed at that particular time. So in the military, we can wear all those different hats, depending on what we're doing. So before that, so that's your answer. So that's answer number six. So before that, you joining the Michigan Army National Guard, why do you decide to join? Why do you decide? Again, because of public service, I wanted to serve my country. There's no better country than America. That's how I was raised. That's what my grandparents told me. That's why they emigrated here. That's why we emigrated. And I wanted to give back to the country that adopted me, essentially, and to make sure that we were safe and our country was protected. I have children here, and I want to make sure always that uh, the vision of our forefathers, our Constitution, is upheld and that our borders and our people are safe 
and I was trained to do all of that. And I respect the military, and I'm very proud that I served. Okay. Now you, your nickname, um, your nickname for sure. Your nickname is Barracuda Aquilina, right? Due to yeah, that's, that's that's because in the military there was a time when I won so many cases that commanders got mad at me because By the I had I had a lot of cases that they wanted to make soldiers leave because they had done it. They didn't show up for duty, or uh, there was some some reason they wanted to get them out, and they said that they sh they shouldn't stay in. But what I did was found that it was actually the military hadn't provided notice or had had done something flawed in the system, and I was able to keep them in. And one of the commanders got very mad at me and said you're just a barracuda and the name stuck because i was able to represent people so well and keep them in when the military didn't want them so they called me a barracuda and i wear that with honor so that's that's the nickname who that's the idea for your nickname being mad as a barracuda that's how i got it because I won cases, you know, where they didn't want to keep people, and then they were mad at me and said, well, you're just a barracuda. And I said, okay. I mean, and so it stuck, and I don't mind it. Wow. Wow. Oh, yeah, there's a, there's a good question. This is my personal side, gymnastics fan. So here's the question. You are a girl-woman hero for more than 500 girl gymnasts, including Pierce Five. You know that um, I raised ma'am, uh, Jordan Weber, um, Gary Douglas, uh, Michaela Moroni, oh. and final five, Simone Biles and Madison Koshan. World champions like um, Maggie Nicholson, Ashton Locklear, and college gymnasts. You did decision to sentencing Dr. Larry Nassar to life in, in prison in 2018. You honored at his awards for your efforts. What is your experience during this situation? I, I didn't handle this case any differently than I did any other case. I always let every victim speak who is affected by a crime. And I've been a judge now for 18 years back then. I had been a judge for 14 years, a military judge for 20. And I always let people speak because it's that being able to tell their story in court that really helps them heal and I have seen it whether it's a robbery or home invasion or a carjacking it doesn't matter what kind of case it is people need to speak out at whoever harmed them and say I'm mad and you hurt me and here's why and that's what happened that everybody saw in the world where the sister survivors, as I dubbed them, got to speak directly to Nasser and say, I'm mad at you and how dare you and you hurt me. And it really empowered them to start healing and to know that the feelings that they had that were so locked inside of them that they felt they didn't really understand why, what they, what was happening to them, that they were vindicated, that they were right, and that he was wrong, and that everything he told them when they questioned him 
was wrong. And so they really took their power back from him. He had overpowered them and gaslighted and groomed them. And when victims are allowed to speak up, they become empowered for life. And that's what happened in the Nasser case, and that's what happens in all the cases where I let uh, victims speak. And not just the person who pled to, you know, the defendant might plead to one or two offenses. He pled to seven. He was charged with many, many more. But all of the people that he harmed there were no charges, but they were victims nonetheless, and crime does not have a border. So whether it's a case like his or any other case, a home invasion where there's only one person home, there might be seven people that live in that home, plus their relatives who visit them or neighbors. I let everybody speak, everybody who is affected by the crime because the courtroom is a public place. The people own the courtroom, and when a crime has affected them, I want to hear about it, because oftentimes it's the backstory that helps me in sentencing. And sometimes what I learn is that a defendant simply needs help, and I need to not put them in jail or prison. I need to get them some help. And sometimes I learn that there is such behavior that someone needs to be rehabilitated, but they can't be free while they're rehabilitated. And that's what happened in that case. Um, yeah, are you, are you very approving that you are a warrior, you are a mother figure and protector to the 500 go gymnasts more than, are you, are you, are you feel with that? I didn't, I didn't do anything different in that case than any other case. So I'm honored and humbled that people have, but I didn't do the hard work. It was all of those brave sister survivors coming forth and talking that changed the world. I just gave them the opportunity to speak. They, I opened the door, so to speak, and they walked through it, and they did the hard work of telling very private things publicly. And so they're the ones that should be praised, not me. Wow. Well, okay, um, why on the... So I have more questions about that. After what happened to the that event, um, there are so many um, scandals happening in all of gymnastics about in college, about the NCAA. Right now, they already had uh, scandals about racism and racists in NCAA and college gymnastics. There's a one former UCLA gymnast is transferred to LSU uh, because of a problem yeah. problem of racism and racism. He's a, she's a Filipino. While, while the coach, um, right now coach, didn't handle coach Um, Chris Waller and and um, there's Dana Duckworth who trying to handle in a racism but they didn't didn't handle Tia Kiyaku is already retiring from gymnast gymnastics because of didn't handling about about racism and racism there are many racism and racism in Alabama 
why is the why is your reaction about NCAA and college is the problems of racism and racism? For me, I'm so shocking. It is shocking that there's racism. There's a lot of racism. Um, people don't admit to race being racist, uh, but there's a lot of uh, undercurrents of racism. I see it all the time. I try to call it out and treat everybody fairly and equally, no matter you know what their sexual preference is or what their um, color is, uh, who they are. But it, it's. It's something that is troubling and that we need to speak out about. And I think part of it is education. We need to talk about the ways in which we offend people and that our Constitution and the world demands that we all be treated equal because we are a human race. And we are one whole human race. We are not divided into classes, no matter by sexual preference or whether you're gay, transgender, uh, male, female, black, white, brown. Uh, it doesn't matter what color you are, what race you are. Honestly, it doesn't matter what IQ you have or how rich or how poor you are. The fact is we're all humans and we were created equal and we need to start treating each other equal. That takes a lot of education, it takes a lot of patience and it takes a lot of listening and people don't want to be told they're wrong and there are a lot of people who like to have power over others and it's something that once it happens, it happens over and over and over again because we teach the wrong things and when we don't do anything about it, it gets worse. So what we need to do is speak out about all injustices, whether it's racism or sexism. Um, it doesn't matter what the issue is, we need to speak out because when one voice speaks out, then there are two and then there are four and then there are 400 and then there are 4,000. So I don't have the solution to all of that. I just know that we need to partner together for change. Oh, okay. Okay, um, about that um, 500 gymnasts, um, for all of that, is a question about it, so I'm um, very happy with this. Who is the girl gymnast you start starstruck with? That I'm starstruck with? I, I'm not starstruck with any of them. I'm starstruck with all of them. Well, I'm mostly, mostly. Because they're all brave. They, they talked about their most private feelings publicly in my courtroom. And they all are part of my heart because of that, because of their bravery. So I'm not starstruck by anyone. I look at what people do and how they say and and how they act and all of them were so brave that that they're all I, I love them equally. Wow. Okay. Here's uh, another one. Um, your family. Um, you have five children. You had two grandchildren and three siblings. For you, what is to describe of your family? How do I describe my family? We're a little bit crazy. I now have three grandchildren. 
Um, we are just like any other family. We have agreements and we have disagreements. Uh, we get together a lot. Um, my father's birthday is on, on um, Monday. We just celebrated it today so everybody could be here. And um, I think we're just pretty down to earth and, and like anybody else. You know, we have good moments and bad moments. We argue. We laugh. We, we eat the, a lot of Maltese and, and German food. But we've incorporated the American food in it, too. And we try to carry our traditions, you know, from the old country into America so that we don't lose that. And I think that when we do that, we really, it makes us stronger. We can't run away from who we are or where we came from. We need to embrace it and not just embrace it, but pass on those good things to our children. So my grandparents did that and my parents have done that and I'm doing that for my children and I know they're doing that for their children. So hopefully we will have a long legacy and we are all community minded and public servants and we all try to make the world better for our children because the only thing that you can take with you when you go, when, when we leave this world, when we go back to God, we don't take our money and we don't take um, our houses or our clothes or our cars with us. But what we do is we leave behind a legacy. And so when I, I die, I want to close my eyes and say that I made a difference, I made a better world for my children. And not just my children, for your children, because I think that all of our children are connected. Well, wow. um, <laughs> um, like for me, I was, uh, I had, I am a, I'm a younger son of my mom. I, because of that, we, we both had, uh, my sister is stepsister. We are different fathers. My stepsister is a Muslim. Um, she's, she's married last way 19 and then she has, she has a baby. Um, she's worked as a nurse in Middle East. I got four cousins. I got two girl cousins in Canada. I think two, I think other cousins are in U.S. Um, my grandpa was a very native, is something you did not know, um, Bicolano, but, and my mother was a very Filipino or Tagalog. Um, grandpa, um, my grandma was still alive. Um, we are very big family. We are very funny too. Um, my father figures always be my uncle and my grandpa rosemary can i call you tita rosemary for that can i guess i'm not understanding can you call me what can i call you tita rosemary i don't what, what does that mean tita means uh auntie for tagalog tagalog is for auntie I thought it was sure. fine. What? Sure. Sure. <laughs> okay. Um, sometimes we go road trips. Sometimes we go flying abroad, like Indonesia, Singapore. We have many moments. Many moments. Um, we both love following each other no matter good, bad, and ugly, and disrespect or respect. I love them. But no matter what, in my heart, this is, I'm not lying, I'm not joking, I'm not, I'm not set up. I, I will seriously tell the truth and honest, okay? I love my family a lot, 
forever. That's that's my family is all about. That's a describe. Yeah, yeah, that's what family is. Yes. Yeah. Um, here's here's another one. Um, while on being as a protector, you are an author, professor, former politician, and campaign manager. You have a lot of your hard work, but did you love yourself as a multi-talented protector? Um, I've always been uh, handling multiple things at the same time, uh, and I've always been someone who speaks out to protect others, and I've always enjoyed what I've done. So what I've done is in part for me because I enjoy doing so many different things, but I also recognize that many things I do help others and I, it's intended to help others. I also selfishly have to do some things for me so that I don't have the negative things that I see all the time around me affect me. So, you know, I write, I paint. So I do a lot of things just to keep myself focused on all of the many things I do because you sometimes have to step away from your day and relax and clean your mind so you can have another good day. So I'm always doing multiple things. I enjoy doing multiple things and I will spend my life not just doing one thing but doing multiple tasks and jobs. That's just me. It's always been me. <laughs> um, it was a number 12 question um, like I said about later as an author you write four books you said that like I said a memoir is on the way you write it's now a present yes you yes more books are on the way I like to write and I'm actually I have three that I'm writing all at the same time which I should just focus on one, but I write one and then I miss the other book, so I write a little here and there. So I will have, I do have more books that hopefully will be out in the next year. Ah, uh, next year, okay. So, like I said, here's one. Can I continue the question? Yeah. Um, a memoir. Um, you write four books. Uh, a memoir, a biography about your life and three stories about the uh, suspense, um, crime scenes and murders. Um, yeah. Why do you love being a writer and an author? Your three story is all about suspense and murder and crime scenes. Why did you choose that genre? Okay, do person. Because as a, as a lawyer, I, I know those things. So I hear the I hear the stories and then I I create my own and so there's a lot of testimony that I hear that actually ends up in the books and I write because it takes me into another world which gives my brain a vacation from the world I'm in right now so it's a way of taking a vacation without going anywhere and I really enjoy the characters that I create and the stories that I write. So I will continue to write because it's a way for me to um, have that vacation almost every day without leaving my house. Wow. I enjoy it. It's just it's wow. a lot of fun, and I think of my characters as real people. So I get to meet real people that I create all the time. 
and have conversations with them. I know that sounds a little crazy, but it's a, it's a lot of fun. Wow. Um, by the way, there's another one. Who is the inspiring person of you? Did you start dreaming as a writer and as an author? Who inspired me to write? Um, I have always written since I was a little girl. We didn't have any money, and so um, I would make up stories for my brother, and he always loved them. And I made up my mind when I was, you know, three or four years old that seeing the joy in his face, that's what I was going to be as a writer. But when I read Gone with the Wind, I it wasn't about... It was really about the character um, when, at the end, Scarlett O'Hara says, tomorrow is another day. Wow. I love that line. I love the book because no matter what life threw at her, she found a way to overcome and to do better and to fix things and to help all the people around her. And that story alone made me want to write a story that was that compelling, with characters that compelling. So, and, and I love Ernest Hemingway. I love all of his books. I love the way he writes and that I can see where he is, whether it's in war or having uh, a drink in the country. And so I... And I read a lot, a lot more when I was younger than now. But I always enjoyed traveling to those places that the writers took me. So now I write to take myself to places, and I hope that I give other people that kind of enjoyment as well. Wow. Um, I'm a reader too. Um, I started um, being a reader when I was nine. My favorite book was Almanac. Um, every day I read Almanac. My favorite part was the U.S. Presidents and now sports. I recite all the 46 U.S. Presidents from George Washington to Joe Biden. I know about, example, um, who is the 22nd President, Robert Cleveland. Who is the 30th President, um, Calvin Coolidge. Who is the... The first president, um, Herbert Huber. Um, that's I read them every day, every history. And then I'm during the last few years in my life, these few years, I'm reading any of uh, gymnastics bios like Ali Raisman, Simone Biles, um, Lori Hernandez, um, uh, there's Sean Johnson, there's Miss Bow. Miss Bell, you know Miss Barry, right? Miss Bell's a good friend of mine. Yes, she's terrific, and I love the way she thinks. I love the way she coaches. She's a great human being. That's why I have wearing the UCLA bracelet to that to honor. I'm I'm a big UCLA fan. Yes, well, she's that. You know, she that was her place for many years. Now she's carrying on many of those traditions that she taught and she lives uh, she lives what she says and she's she's just uh, amazing amazing outstanding human being um, now it's March is women's month 
right? Um, here's a question for you. What is the definition and life of the girls and women? In my own words, I think that girls and women have every opportunity and every right that any boy and man has and that we need to stand together. We need to not fight each other, argue with each other. We need to support each other so that we can stand up against anyone who wants to tell us that we are less than. I think that there are many men who now will stand with us and partner with us so that we can all be treated equally and fairly. And we need to fight against anybody who wants to tear us down because we are women. We are equal. We deserve equality. We deserve equity. We deserve a voice that is heard. And I will stand with my sisters and brothers any day, anywhere, any place to fight for a voice, equity, freedom, and equality. Um, by the way, um, who is your inspiring, who is your um, inspired person? Your, uh, who is your favorite women personality in your life, women personality? So oddly enough, it's not anybody um, that people would normally say. One of, one of my people that um, has inspired me, and I've never met her, or maybe one day I'll meet her, is Cher. And the reason that Cher inspires me is because when I was a young girl, I saw her as a young singer, and... She was different, she was outspoken, she didn't care what anybody thought, she was going to do things her way, and she was going to be heard, and she was going to sing her songs how she did, and wear her clothes like she did, and talk like she wanted. She didn't let anybody put her down, and I looked at her and said, I'm going to do that too. If Cher can do it, I can do it. And so that might not be everybody's basic hero. There's a lot of women I, I have tremendous respect for in the world. But when I was young and I saw the changes that she was making by just saying, here I am and I'm mad and you're going to listen to me in her own way. At least that's how I saw her when I was, you know, 10, 11, 12 years old. She became someone who I said, I will use my voice like she is. Wow. Um, for me, as a, for me, my favorite inspiring women personality is my mom, even my grandma and sister. My mom has always be um, loving me every day, whether good, bad, and ugly, whether respect or disrespect. Um, we both saw each other. One time we had fights. Um, whether we have violence, and I'm, I felt sorry for myself. But I love my mom every day. I will proud. I'm proud of me. Whether I have achieved myself, whether they graduated me from elementary and high school, whether they hugged me, said, "Are you loving me?" Said, "Yeah, I love you. I love you forever. I don't ever leave her." When I grow up, I will be proud of her. 
even my sister, I will still, I will still be my sister. Whether stepsister, I, I see me, and even my grandma was eighty six. Um, I was proud of her, and I'm. She's strong. She can do. She can do um, make a plants outside by him by herself and I'm proud of her that's true um, that's honest I'm serious that's not a joke so no, that's that's good that's honorable I you know I have great respect for my um, for the women in my life as well my grandmother taught me many many lessons in life that I still use today and she's been gone for several years now but yes that's very honorable of you to re- Recognize the women in your life. Well, um, now we already end this question, but do you have? Can you make this um, rapid fire question um, about uh, one question? I got five questions for this. Can I? What? What? Uh, what question do you have? I got five questions about rapid fire. Like example, um, why is your favorite color red? Why is your favorite? Okay, my favorite color is black. Wow, black. Okay, okay. I don't mean to. Because I look good in it. Otherwise, it would be royal blue or or deep red. And so it just depends on. See, I have favorite colors depending on what what it's for. Okay, so I love red roses, but I I like to wear black or royal blue. So, you know, and I want an army green Jeep. So, you know, it depends on what's my favorite color, depending on what it is, right? Wow. And then, okay, what's the next question? That's the first, that's an example, but here's the first question. Um, what highest office in U.S. do you run if election is today? Well, what would I run for? I would run for the uh, U.S. Senate. U.S. Senate, um, Michigan. Whoa. Number two, what is your favorite food? My favorite food would have to be, um, geez, minestra. What? That's a German. Minestra. It's like it's like a minestrone soup, but it's Maltese, and it is a thicker minestra soup. It's a thicker minestrone soup. Um, minestra soup. It's a lot of vegetables and, and noodles, and uh, I could eat it all day, every day. Wow. It's, it's minestra. It's a it's a German. It's Maltese. It's a German food. It's Maltese. I'm Maltese. It's a Maltese. Maltese. Ah. Yeah. Uh, my favorite food was the Filipino food, um, sinigang, sisig, but also I love American food like um, tacos, um, but in Korea. Yes, I like tacos. Ah, uh, tacos, um, and Filipino food like, no, no, um, and like, um, okay, one, two, three, Korean food like noodles, like bulgogi, why eating, testing, like, last month and it's so delicious it's sweet um okay here's number three who is a favorite inspiring person my favorite inspiring person um probably ruth bader ginsburg 
Wow, RBG. Notorious RBG, huh? Well, here's the one, yep. here's the one more question. Are you approval that the black nominee, uh, Biden, you know the news about the black nominee's name? Yeah. Yes, I'm in favor of her. Um, are you yes for the black women Supreme Court associate chest? We need to have a black woman on the Supreme Court, yes. I agree with that. Yes, too. I mean, yes. I mean, yes. Yes. That initials of that black women nominee, that gotta be look like the new nickname since Notorious RBG since then. Yeah, okay. Here's the favorite music song. Why is your, what is your favorite music song? Oh, that's, uh, that's really hard. Um, probably, uh, um, you know, <laughs> um, I don't know because I, there's so many. I have, um, Um, you know, I'm drawing a blank because I listen to so many. I'm probably it, again. It depends what I'm listening. Whether what I'm listening. Um, whether whether genre. What if I, you know, um, probably I did it my way. Probably I did it my way because I. I it's one of one of my favorite songs would be I Did It My Way. But there's so many songs that I listen to depending on what mood I'm in or what's going on. But um, I Did It My Way. Um, wow. Because that's exactly my life. I did it my way. Wow, okay. Um, okay, here's, here's the five question. Here's the final question for the rapid fire. Um, what is your favorite spending time in your life every day? My favorite time every day is when I am finished with my day, the house is quiet, I crawl into bed, I have the television on, and I have my computer on my lap, and I get to write. Wow. Here's, um, here's another one, five questions about names. Names. Who is to describe? Why is it describing? Who is describe it? For example, um, who are you? Describes being, being beautiful. You know, okay, okay. Um, here's the first question. Rachel De La Holliner. Why describe poor? Rachel Den, uh, a word for Rachel Den Hollander. Uh, superhero. Superhero, Simone Biles. Again, uh, uh, bravery beyond beyond this world. Oh yeah! By the way, did you know that Simone Biles is gonna get married to a football? Player? I did. She, I, I have had the opportunity to meet with her and speak with her and share time with her. I do know she's getting married. She's the one of the bravest people I know in the world. So for her, she gets the word bravery. I love Simone Biles. I love that couple, um, Simone Biles and Jonathan Owens. These are the perfect couples that I love these two so much. Like that. Allie, she's a very, what was it? She's a very sweet woman. 
Um, who else? Allie Raceman. Allie Raceman. She is a, a go-getter. Uh, she She's just a champion who has a light all around her because she goes and she gets what she wants and she just has a light around her. She's full. She's an energetic um, voice and someone that all little girls can look up to because she just never stops. And she's always doing just creative things and good things in the world. Um. All-girl gymnast. All-girl gymnast? Well, <laughs> you know, you, you can't really categorize all um, people like that, but if I had to say with the gymnasts that I, who I know from the little girls, my, my 11-year-old is a gymnast, um, and from all, the, from, from all the tiny ones I know um, who are, you know, two, three, four years old who, who want to be Simone Biles and all up until the Olympic ones, I think that they are um, very hardworking and they have a stamina like nothing I've ever seen. I've never seen a football player, basketball player, a cheerleader, anyone like them with the kind of dedication and stamina and simply willpower to succeed through you know, all of the things they put their bodies through. They are tremendously amazing people who have a stamina I have never seen before. All gymnasts. Um, if, if you want to ask me about all of them, that's my statement to them because they, I, they work incredibly hard. Wow. Um, number five, um, through Annes, why is describe that? I said, through and Annes. Sorry, because of my accent was English. That's, yeah, I know. It's between us. I know. Um, through and honest? Yes, yes. Through and honest means like truth and honesty. Oh, truth and honesty. Okay, I got it. Truth and honesty. What? What would you? You want me to say something about truth and honesty? Yeah. Those are the rules of life. That's like drinking water. Truth and honesty is like the air we breathe. It's like the water we drink. If you don't have truth and honesty, you have nothing. Oh yeah. Here's the um, final question. Um, I want to say to you. Um, who is the Rosemary Aquilina in your real life? Someone who every day wakes up and wonders why I didn't do enough and why can't I do more? Well, that's, that's uh, your answer. Yeah, that's who I am. Someone who thinks that I'm not doing enough and worries about how am I going to get everything done. Um, There's so much work to be done in the world. There's so many things I want to accomplish personally. There's so many things I want to do in the world. And I wonder every single day, am I going to be able to accomplish what I need to 
Wow. Hi, I'm Lorenzo, and welcome to Love, Light, and Gymnastics. I create this podcast because it's all about gymnastics and their history and gymnastics that changes their sport and their lives and other topics outside gymnastics. This week or last week, sorry, by the way, Congrats to UCLA to the next round and in regional final with a score of 197.800. I wanted to say that I'm stand with UCLA gymnast and win their eight championship. That's all. The other team events are Michigan, Oklahoma, Auburn, Utah, California, Minnesota, Denver, Alabama, Florida, and so many surprise teams are events. Stanford is mostly because they won play in and advanced regional final. Arkansas is improving, Michigan State, Kentucky, Arkansas, Caitlin De Guzman was there, shout out to that. And underdogs Missouri and Iowa. My prediction of Elite Eight is my UCLA, Michigan, Auburn, Florida, California, Oklahoma, Utah, Alabama. But my final four is a band was my UCLA, Michigan, that national championship last year, Oklahoma, Utah. And my national champion is UCLA. My UCLA, still. In the other news, uh, Olympic gold medalist and final five in 2016, Dory Hernandez is accepting studies in college at New York University for drama school and she is part of class of 2026. Hey, here we go. <laughs> I'm gonna be. No matter what happens, I'm so, so proud of you. Oh, thank you. You go! April 2 is World Autism Day and this April is World Autism Month. I want to say to you that as autistic, I'm proud of that I'm accepted. I'm now wearing this blue, wearing this blue. Sorry for that. Um, I know I'm wearing this Golden State Wars t-shirt. So I just wearing blue first for celebrate for autistic autism day I want to say to you this day please 
please join us for the celebration and respect, love, light, and friendship for autistic persons to show respect and understanding to, to stand up and make light up blue. That's all about it. I'm glad I'm being create my first episode on this podcast because I'm autistic. I'm happy. So that's about it. I have an Instagram. I have a Twitter. I have an account of my podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And here's my uh, YouTube account right there. Yeah.